Toledo Rockets, Wisconsin Badgers, and a brief anatomy lesson. All that and more next on Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome to Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. This is episode 43, and we are coming to you right after the most recent, I'll call it drudging, of the Toledo Rockets, 77-21 Buckeyes. And uh, I don't know about you, Davis, but um, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good this week. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, I think with what we talked about last week, we definitely are seeing some of the things that we wanted to see. Um, there's still some things that need to be cleaned up, but, um, a lot happier seeing the offense finally get into a rhythm. Like I, I knew they were capable of doing. That's true. 77 points is just a freaking avalanche of points, man. It is. I mean, we almost set the all time record. I think the all time record was like 84 points against Iowa in like the 1950s. But, um, most recent that we've probably had an offensive output like that was in the Urban Meyer era. And against that was, a, I believe, 2014 against Bowling Green, if I'm not mistaken. What do you, what so, do you think oh. about the people that said it was too much? People on Twitter were going off on Ryan Day. Whoa, Guys like that shouldn't be allowed on the on the field. That's just classless to score 77 points on poor old little Toledo. Listen, I'm you're not preaching to the choir here. Me and you are on the same boat like – he wasn't like taking all these crazy shots, but he, I'm just going to kneel the ball for three, you know, for a quarter and a half. So they're still going to line up and these new kids in there, they want to see what they got. And these kids are trying to prove themselves too. So if you think about it, uh, a lot of the extra scores we had there at the end, were all running plays or a pass that was supposed to be short that went to the house. So, I mean, what is he supposed to do, you know, and especially in this day and age where you do need to get some style points, and you do need your stats kind of be boosted a little bit to help you out with the Heisman. I mean, it's not like we were sitting there, you know, had the starters in all four quarters and we're constantly taking shots. You know, p- people are going to find something to bitch about no matter what. Oh, and that's the way I feel about it, too. But you can't, you know, like you said, if you bring it, you're taking out the starters, you're bringing in the backups. Everybody's trying to to make a name for themselves and stuff like that. And if you can't stop it, man, that's on you. But in today's college football world where everybody's like, Oh, style points matter. You know, they beat this team by 30. They beat this team by 35. Then don't tell me we shouldn't be beating these teams by 50 because we should. Yeah, because they'll be the first person to say, oh, well, you didn't beat that team by as much as that other team beat that team. And then those are the same people who are going to sit there and complain that you ran the score up. So, you know, it's almost no different than politics, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the same thing, dude. No matter, Like you said, no matter what happens, people find, a, people find something to complain about. Well, let me say this to you then since we've kind of touched a little bit on the offense, was there anything in this game that stood out to you? Was there anything that you thought, man, like, I, you know, I didn't see that coming or, or something that surprised you? Um, I think I was still a little surprised with kind of the lack of, of some discipline in the defensive backfield again. Um, I know well, we were talking that, about the offense, and there you go. Oh, well, I don't know. Are we still on the offense? Are we still still on the offense? (laughs) Sorry, I must have been dozing off. All right, we'll (laughs) stick with offense. All right, anything surprising? No. I'll be honest, everything I saw is what I pretty much expected. I will say this. uh, I think if I was going to pinpoint something I was surprised on is how much more depth we have at running back than I thought we did. Um, I was a little bit worried coming into the year um, after – 
uh, Evan Pryor got hurt in fall camp and he's out for the season. And already seeing uh, Trayvon Henderson get a little bit banged up at the beginning of the year, I'm thinking, oh, great. You know, we have Mayan Wims who, you know, he's a bowling ball, but the problem is all it takes is for him to get hurt. And then we're down to our fourth string, essentially, which ended up being a true freshman uh, in Dalen Hayden. And he comes in, and I know we saw him a little bit last week in some cleanup duty, but he came in and looked good. I mean, looked pretty darn good. He almost kind of reminded me of like, I mean, this is a little bit generous, but like a baby J.K. Dobbins a little bit. Um, he well, he's definitely about that size, so yeah, that's yeah, yeah, I could see that. And uh, he definitely was explosive. Uh, he's kind of a one cut and go kind of guy, not the most shiftiest, but you know, once he puts his foot in the ground, he's upfield. And uh, he was someone that, you know, even, you know, trying to run up the middle, he was still kind of falling forward, you know, for his size. I mean, as a true freshman, you know, running backs really don't have the correct size, you know, at that age level. And he was doing really well for, you know, someone coming in, you know, as a true freshman that probably wasn't even expected to get any snaps this year. It's crazy, man. He's only been on campus a couple of months. Right. I was looking at his profile on ESPN.com, the the uh, recruiting profile. He's only been on campus a couple months. Like you said, true freshman, fresh out of high school, fresh meat, buddy. And he came in there, dude, I'm, I'm not going to lie. He really, really impressed me. I, I really liked uh, what I saw from him. And like you said, just to know that we got um, we got somebody in the cupboard, should, should somebody go down. I mean, this is football, you know. And, you know, on top of that, I mean, have you heard anything else? Uh I, I mean, I heard Ryan Day say that Travion was probably going to be available for Saturday. And, you know, I heard that somebody saw him walking out of the locker room with a boot on after the game. But have you heard anything as to the nature of the injury? You've heard what I've heard. And I can confirm he was in a boot when he left the game. I saw pictures. Um, but he looked like he was in good spirits, not someone that looked like they were that concerned. Um, I'm sure that's probably just precautionary to try to go ahead and keep, you know, uh, keep some weight off uh, his foot or whatever the case may be. But, you know, Ryan Day also likes to do that a lot. If you notice that he'll sit there and put on a face and do all this coach talk and say, oh, you know, they, it's short term. It's no big deal. You know, he's been saying that about Jordan Hancock, the defensive back, um, where, he, you know, he's real close coming back. He's real close. Then the next week, oh, he's really close. He's just not quite there yet. And then they asked him again this week, and he said he's almost there, but his body's not ready to get on the field yet. And you're just like, you know, I don't. You don't know till like an hour before the game. It's like all of a sudden after that COVID year, when we were literally waiting for an hour before the game to figure out who was going to be starting and who was out. Uh, he's like kept that same vibe, uh, and he's been real hush hush on everything. And you know, it, it it's a little irritating. I wish they would be a little more transparent about that. I know that Ryan Day's always been real close to the vest uh, when it comes to injuries, but you know, I'm I'm gonna wait until an hour before the game to really see what happens. Dude, I hate it. Not only do I hate the fact that we don't know the severity of an injury, but I hate the fact that we don't even know what the injury is. Like, it's not like he comes out and says, well, you know, he banged up his knee a little bit. We're going to take a look at it. No, he's like, what hurt? You know, how, what happened to him? Well, we don't know. Could be his eyeballs. The only, the only reason we know it's a foot because he had a boot on. That was it. Other than that, you wouldn't know anything. Yeah. Drives me nuts about it. I mean, before I feel like we used to know, like, oh, you know, they're, he hurt his ankle. And as a matter of fact, I remember this living in Columbus on 97.1. They used to have like on the afternoons when a player got hurt in Ohio State, they would have a doctor call into the radio station and tell you like, oh, well, it's a grade three sprain. And usually that's about a four to six weeks recovery or something like that. They used to do that. You can't do that with Ryan Day. Mm -mm. You can't do that at all. 
No, he's not giving anything up. Now, maybe on one end, he's just trying to, you know, have the the team they're playing that week have to prepare for anyone. And I can see that point of view. But, you know, as a fan, I want to know what's going on. You know, I hate feeling like I'm being kept in the dark. Well, speaking about what's going on, let's talk about the defense. Dude, you were you were itching. You were itching already. So tell me tell me what's up. What, what do you think about the defense? Uh, I think it was I think it was good and bad. Uh, well, not I wouldn't even say bad. I think it was good and still needs improvement. Is the way I'm going to put it. Um, I know it was easy to see. Okay, we gave up 21 points, and most of that was in what the first two and a half quarters or three, two quarters, something like that. Um, and it's easy to see that score and think, okay, well, you're giving that up against Toledo. That's not great. Um, but you had to really watch the game to understand that, you know, we only gave up, I think, maybe four or five big plays, and that was it. Or maybe four big plays. And I'm talking like plays that went over 15 yards. Uh, and two of them ended up being touchdowns. It was a one long pass um, that Cam Brown got beat on early on. And then it was that kind of Hail Mary ish toss up there. Um, when the quarterback was scrambling, which, by the way, that quarterback, you know, a lot of people were saying on Twitter and everything, he, he's going to find him a new home next year because he reminded me a lot of Braxton Miller and the fact of how shifty he was and how hard it is to get a hand on him. And yeah. if he can uh, get some better receivers and clean up his passing a little bit, he's a solid D1 quarterback at almost any school. So, yeah, and, and you know, that's kind of, that's kind of where I want to take it. Surprisingly to you, I, I really wasn't as mad, although – you know, that many big plays against Toledo is too many big plays. I don't, I, you know, in, in real life, but I, I'm kind of still taking in the fact that we're new. We're, you know, we're trying to work it out. And I've heard Jim Knowles say before that those kind of plays are kind of built into what he's doing right now. He expects them. He said that that doesn't mean that they're acceptable. He's just saying that right now they're built into what he's doing. So it doesn't like fully alarm me, but what did alarm me? was uh, the first time we've come up against a true running quarterback with some kind of skill set. And to be honest, I, I don't think we had an answer for it. And that kind of worries me a little bit going down the road. Yeah, but that's always, listen, that's just college. You know, it is so hard to defend against a good quality running quarterback. I don't care who you are. There's a reason why JT Barrett was not very good at passing, but won over 90% of his games. You know, it's because uh, when you have to account for that extra runner, um you you could spy him, but then you're really counting on that one on one matchup to you know for that person to actually wrap wrap up. Uh, when they can do that, they can get out of the pocket. They can extend plays. They can wait for the wide receivers to open up downfield. I mean, there's a slew of problems that you can run into as a defensive coordinator when you're trying to scheme for a running quarterback, especially one as shifty as the one we just seen. So. I don't think we're going to see someone as shifty until possibly you get to the playoffs and you see someone like Bryce Young or something like that. Um, so I'm not overly concerned about it. And if you really think about it, I mean, we still pretty much, you know, overall for the game, kept their uh, kept them in check. I mean, we only gave up, what, you know, 300 total yards of offense to him. Um, yeah, and but he, even got 10, that, he got 10 yards of carry on the seven carries he had. Yeah, you and know, I get that, but I get, but that's pretty much the majority of what we gave up, besides two big pass plays, um, which I think are things that could be cleaned up. Uh, that was it. I mean, we kept them to four of thirteen on third down conversions, which is really good, and they only passed for like hundred eighty some yards. We finally got our first um, turnover of the year. Ronnie Hickman gets his interception, and we end up getting a fumble. Um, I think it was John Baptiste. Um, 
it was strip sack and we got uh so we got two turnovers that game um i think they're coming along uh, i think that was a good test i think you know from the naked eye from someone that doesn't really watch it closely and just looks at the names that may not have looked like the best defensive performance but i still think they had a pretty strong performance in my opinion yeah i mean i like I said i'm not upset about it i'm not um you know i'm not naive enough to think that the you know, in the third game of the season that we're going to be the next silver bullets. I, I just don't see that happening. We need to gain experience. We need to gain depth. We need to to gain all these things. I'm glad we saw a running quarterback. We saw right. it now. We're going to watch film on it, you know, and we'll see what we come up come up with, like, going forward. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not angry at all so far. Now, you know, I think what we got coming up, um, this this weekend's probably going to be a little bit different, though. You know, um, what, what's your general feeling about that game coming up? Um, I feel mostly confident, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I know we're going to get into more of the details of that preview uh, here in a minute, but um, I think it's important that we saw that if offensive output in that game to try to get some confidence built up um, because the offense has not quite been clicking up until this past Saturday. And this past Saturday reminded me a lot of that Michigan State game from last year where we scored literally a touchdown on the first, like, you know, seven possessions. I mean, if, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure we scored 11 touchdowns out of 13 total possessions on Saturday, which is stupid ridiculous. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd say going into it, uh, I feel pretty confident. And before we jump ahead, um, there is something that I did want to kind of throw at you because um, I saw something that was posted on Twitter and it was an interesting question. And, uh, after I get your opinion on it, I'll let you know what the majority of people voted. Um, and I don't even know what the basis of why this even came up. Actually, I probably, it's probably due to the team up North schedule, but you know, you have a bunch of Michigan fans that are starting to brag about their team and, you know, saying the stats they are putting up, you know, we're top five defense top, <clears throat> pardon me, top five offense all this stuff, right? And um, I don't know if the question got brought up or whatever, but basically the poll was, would you rather um, beat, uh, you know, go into the game against Michigan with them being, you know, 0 and 11 and then curb stomping them or whatever, or would you rather them be going in there 11 and 0 um, and, you know, beat them that way, so to speak? Does that make sense? Like, I don't yeah, know. So the you're exact saying, is, is it better for them to be good when we beat them? Or are you saying, like, would, would, do I just hope they lose every freaking game? Right. As an Ohio State fan, would you rather them just lose every game regardless and then we beat them? Or would you rather them be really good and then beat them? And I'm not going to tell you the results, but I want to hear your opinion first. My opinion is going to be exactly what you expect of me. And that is that it's both. No, you can't. You need yes, to pick I one can. or the other. No, Because honestly... No. I know that they need to be good or, you know what I mean? The big 10 goes down and, you know, we're, we're not leading the pack in any way in conference stuff, but at the same point in time, I hope their bus crashes. I mean, there's many different scenarios. <laughs> yeah. You know you, what I mean? Like, uh, listen, I'm forcing you to make a choice. If you had to, you have to pick one or the other. What would you, uh, if you had to pick, cause listen, I'm in the same boat too, where I see both ends of the spectrum and I agree with both of them. But if you had to pick, would you rather them just lose them all, or would you rather them be really good when you play them? Yeah, I want them to lose every game, every single game. It's interesting. Yes. Because after I teeter back and forth, I'd rather them, them be better. 
Well, and then why don't you just move to Michigan and get yourself yeah, a jersey, see, Bob? I, I knew you were going to say that. And you know what? That's what <laughs> that's what a lot of other people on that poll said. They were all like, man, if, if you voted this, then you might as well turn your fan card in, blah, blah, blah. Listen, this has nothing to do with me rooting for the team up north to win any game. I can't hear you. I just sent a bunch of messages for new co-hosts because apparently we got a Michigan fan on the air. Yeah. I can't have hey, that. Put your phone down. <laughs> put your phone down. Let me finish. So – at the at the I guess at the basis of you know this question is what really do you think would be not just more enjoyable for Ohio State fans but what would really piss off Michigan fans and I guess if I was the roles were reversed I think it'd be so much more painful if you're having a good year and Ohio State knocks you out from the playoff and you had all those high hopes like. Do you remember when uh, it was 2019? No, when was it? Sorry, 2018. Uh, Dwayne Haskins' year, and Michigan was calling that year the revenge tour. And they're ranked, what, fourth in the country. They have a chance to make the playoff. And we come in there, and they're projecting Michigan to win and everything, and we hang up a 60 spot on them and kept them out from the playoffs. Now, given we didn't get to go that year either, but we kept them out from going. That year was... one of my more enjoyable times of beating them because you had to have known how bad that had to have hurt. You so know why that's it's more because, where I'm at. It's because you're not as spiteful as me. See what you, what you want is disappointment on an athletic front. What I want is what happened back in the rich rod Brady hook days. I'm talking about complete mental breakdown. I'm talking about the students on campus petitioning the athletic department again with signs and stuff. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about complete and utter turmoil. I'm talking no winning. I'm talking the restaurants close around the stadium because nobody goes. I'm talking complete devastation in Ann Arbor. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree is the thing. It's just, I guess, if I had to choose, I guess maybe, I mean, Michigan. oh, all right. We just lost one person. <laughs> <laughs> we lost one of our two two listeners <laughs> right there. <laughs> Well, like I said, I figured that's the route you'd go. But, man, it's kind of an interesting question. It's a loaded question because it also only further benefits Ohio State in this era with, you know, quality wins and everything. Beating a top-ranked Michigan team uh, is going to look a lot more favorable than beating a 2-7, and 2-8, and eight, or you know, 4. I agree, I'm completely blaming you for this outburst that I had. No, that's it's your if you, you, recall, you worked yourself up. That's not my I fault. Attempted to give you a diplomatic answer, and you were like, No, I'm forcing you <laughs> to pick one or the other. This, it was spoon fed to me. I didn't want to get worked up. I attempted to not get worked up. You made me get worked up. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I'll I'll, ta- I'll I'll shoulder the blame for this one. I appreciate that. All right, so let's start getting into this uh, preview for this week. So the first question you kind of threw out at me was, how am I feeling going into the game? So why don't you kind of give me your early feelings? As goes with our normal narrative, man, I'm always a little bit worried. Uh, You know, do I think that Wisconsin's going to beat us? No, I don't. I'm just a little bit worried in the fact that, you know, it's Big Ten play. Anything can happen. Uh, We're dealing with, you know, we're not dealing with kids that didn't get the offers that the kids at Toledo got, you know what I mean? We're talking about three, four, and five-star recruits at D1 programs in the Big Ten. So that always worries me a little bit. We're going up a diff- uh, going up against a different type of team. Now I, I am also a little bit down on Wisconsin. They haven't really played anybody, and they already have a loss. 
So, you know, that kind of weighs in a little bit. How good are they? You know, but as usual, man, it's 730 on ABC in the shoe at night. Again, Big Ten play, you know, a lot of new faces on the sidelines out here. It's just I'll never not be nervous for a Big Ten game. Never. Yeah. And I, I can understand. I mean, I think you're the reason why you're nervous is because we're playing a program that um, has some history has uh, a lot of history of success, um, a team that is known for having humongous linemen, uh, really good running backs, uh, good defense. And typically, you know, I wouldn't say, you know, all the time, but most of the time it's a team that will give us a pretty good game. Uh, we have had some blowouts lately. I think we've won maybe the last 11 straight against them. I think the last time they've beaten us was 2010. Uh, and even the time before that was 2004. So there you went. You just did it. What did I you do? You just did it. You do the same thing that the announcers do on television. They're like, "This guy has not missed a field goal in the last 68 tries." And then I'm just reading stats. Into- <laughs> I'm just reading stats. I'm not so pulling was he. a James and then the card. Dude boots one into the freaking student section and never- <laughs> listen. We haven't scored 84 points since 1950. I just did the same thing. You think we're going to score 84 points? No. I hope so, man. Prove, you know what I mean? Prove the theory right. I have been playing the lottery my entire life, and I have yet to win. That is true. Well, <laughs> if you have, nothing, you haven't told you got me. nothing <laughs> for me there? Anyways, you haven't been holding up your end of the bargain on that either. I know it. You stopped buying the lottery tickets like, what, probably months ago. Listen, I'm going to tell you the truth. I have absolutely been not holding up my end of the bargain. <laughs> I know you haven't. <laughs> Trust me. So when I do hit, I'm not splitting. No, hold on a second. So hold on. This is the way I see it, right? If I miss like 20 times buying it, you buy you 20 win, tickets. I'll give you the 20 just to backdate it. No. And then you give me the half. <laughs> no, you'll go ahead and buy 20 this week and catch up. <laughs> All right. Anywho. Uh, so to rattle off some things, just kind of give you guys a heads up. Now, I know we've, we're only three games in and we haven't had any conference opponents yet. And obviously the strength of schedule is going to be a little bit different, but you know, this is just kind of giving you an idea of where they're at. So Wisconsin, uh, if we look offensively, they're averaging about 478 yards a game um, and 39 points a game, which isn't bad. On defense, they're, all, they're giving up a little less than 250 yards and only eight points a game. But again, you know, they've played Illinois State, Washington State, and New Mexico State and losing that game against Washington State. And I'm not really sure how good that team is. Uh, they, they may end up being a pretty decent team out of the Pac-12 this year, but Still, you know, that's a game, especially in Madison, that you would expect Wisconsin to win that game. Um, Ohio State is coming in after that monster performance last week, uh, the number one offense in the country in yards per game. We're up to 565 yards per game, which is right around par with where we finished last year. Uh, 47 points per game on average, and defense has given up 278 a game and only 14 points a game. And I think it's arguable that we definitely have went through a tougher three games in Notre Dame, Arkansas State, and Toledo. Um, I think those are obviously Notre Dame is not as high up this year, but I think maybe their struggles over the last couple of weeks is not necessarily because they're not good. I think, you know, after putting all that energy and effort in the offseason into playing us, and that was a tough game, I think, you know, there's been a pretty big hangover after that game. And, you know, a lot of teams like when they play us, they come in hungry. A lot of teams that go to play Notre Dame are coming in hungry too. So, uh, but anyway, the whole point is I think we've played a a better schedule than they have. 
So take that what you may, but are you kind of seeing anything uh, in those stats that might jump out at you and kind of make you want to lean one way or the other in regards to, uh, I don't know, feeling like some matchups are there or if there's a particular part of the game that you think uh, we'd have an advantage or a disadvantage? Well, first of all, I think we have an an advantage offensively against pretty much everybody in the country. Um, with the exception, I mean, possibly, possibly Georgia, possibly Georgia. But I think everyone else, I think we have a, an athletic and statistical advantage offensively versus everybody. But the one thing I do worry about in this game is that, like you said, Wisconsin is known for big corn-fed, you know, linemen, big running backs, you know, physical dudes. And I just, you know, I think, you know, this defense is still learning. We're still fragile. I really think, you know, if if anything I could see going wrong, it's that we're, we're losing the battle in the trenches and they end up scoring a decent amount of points on us here. Uh, especially via running the ball. That's the only thing I could really see, like us losing the battle at the line, especially um, on defense and and them being able to score. But I don't think they can score enough to keep up with us. Um, I don't completely disagree with you. If you remember the first half of the, the, that Notre Dame game, we were kind of losing the battle in the trenches a little bit. And it definitely had me worried. Now, since that first half, we've dominated on the line. But we're also getting ready to face probably the best line that we've seen all year. So it's going to be a real test to see how good our defensive line really is. I mean, I I feel like we're really good and really deep at that position, but it's going to be interesting to finally see them go up against a a legitimate offensive line. Um, So far, we've done really good in our run defense. Um, I'd probably give them an A in run defense. Now, that's with an asterisk, talking about running backs. Running quarterback, not as much, but when it came to just running backs, we've not really given up anything. So... Um, I think that as long as we can continue, like you had mentioned to, uh, win, you know, win in the trenches and, uh, kind of keep their run game, uh, to a minimum and, you know, reduce uh, the explosive plays that, you know, they're going to have to rely upon Graham Mertz to throw the ball. Now I know he's had a better three games, but again, that competition's not there. So, um, I remember, you know, the last few years, he's not really kind of lived up to the hype that Wisconsin wanted wanted him to. I'm pretty sure he was a five-star recruit, uh, but he's not really done much of anything. So I I think my confidence comes as long as we can keep their running game um, under check, then I feel pretty confident in that game. So if we don't, not only is it going to give him potential to um, score more, but that's going to change the time of possession. When a team can run all over you, you know, see several games last year, um, when a team starts running all over you, it also limits your opportunities to score as well. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing. Like we've talked about before in previous weeks, um, and you know, I've heard Ryan Day preach it, and I've you know, I've heard everybody preach it. We got to get off the field on third down. Um, we can't let them run for three or four yards of carry all the way down the field, possession after possession. I, I just really, you know, I think that that could lead to something bad, and that that you know sets up these big plays that we talk about. We don't want to give away these fifty-yard passes and stuff like that. So. Like you said, the, the key to this game is really in keeping everybody fresh, man, getting off the field on third down, winning the battle in the trenches, and then just doing what we do on offense. And I think if we do those things, we're still going to be successful. So let me ask this about the offense, because we talk a little bit about our defense uh, in this game, and I think we're just kind of giving a blanket statement like we're just going to assume the offense is going to do well. Um, this is still going to be a challenge, you know, and I think this is going to be the, so far the best defense that we've faced and, you know, look at what we did against Notre Dame. It wasn't great, but I also think we were a little bit out of sync then, you know, I don't think that was as much as Notre Dame's defense as it was. We were kind of shooting ourselves in the foot. 
So give me a scenario where this game goes according to what we're hoping. What do we need to see on offense um, in order for us to, you know, make sure that we keep control of this game? Well, you know me, man. The secret sauce, buddy. The secret sauce. 250 and 250. I want to see 250 on the ground. I want to see 250 through the air. Um, he's got to spread the ball around. I think we got to win that battle as well and give CJ a little bit of time, you know, to make good throws. To be honest, I put our receivers up against anybody, and that's just not the first string either. That's the first, the second, and the third string. So I'm not really worried about them being able to get open. I just worry a little bit more about, like you said, the trenches and the fact that we have a good balance. And also, you know, the play calling. I feel like the play calling is important because we've seen before when Ryan Day comes out vanilla in the first in the you know first quarter or whatever, if they jump up on us 14 points, it's a lot harder to come back in the game. I want to start fast. You know, I want to start fast. I want to keep the game balanced. And I just want to let the offense do what they do. As long as the play calling is good and we win the battle in the trenches, I don't see anybody that can stop us. Yeah, I think it's really important. And I, I will at least agree with this. I think of all the years with Day's offense and his play calling, this is one of the more balanced years he's had. Uh, it definitely does appear that he is making a more conscious effort to uh, run the ball a little bit more. Uh, hence, we're averaging over 200 yards on the ground every game, which is really good. Um, so definitely, I think that we need to continue to run the ball. Uh, the games that we got ourselves in trouble with a little bit last year are the games where we kind of abandoned the run and tried to throw the ball a ton. Or the games where you know he wasn't reading it right and tried to throw early and since it wasn't there, kept trying, kept trying until he'd finally go to the run. Now that the balance is there, not only is it you know keeping some players fresh, uh, but it's also keeping uh, the defense on their heels. They're not really sure what to expect because a lot of times it was easier to probably you know watch tape and they'd be like, okay, hey, we need to make sure we drop in cover three or you know zone or whatever it may be, and you know maybe bring some little blitzes there to hurry him up. And you know, I think that was a game plan that worked a bunch last year, and. Uh, I think this year he understands how important that running game really is to the passing offense he wants to do. Now, will it ever be 50-50? No. I mean, there might be one or two games that would be close. It's always going to be a lot more like 70-30, 65-35, in my opinion, the way he does it. But as long as he's at least still making that conscious effort to to run the ball and, you know, try to get, you know, a couple hundred yards a game on the ground, then I'm happy. I still stand by my statement, though, that, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. We have a great offense, you know, if it's not the best in the country, it's definitely one of the top two or three. But I think it would be absolutely unstoppable if he would just give us give CJ four planned runs a game, just four. Just let him carry it four times, just to show that it's there, to show that it's possible, to make them have to respect it. I just think that would open up an entire world for us, man. I just think we'd be unstoppable if if that threat was there too. It's funny you talk about CJ running the ball. So um, I talked to one of my buddies uh, the, and then had him come over and watch the game. You remember Andy, right? Yeah. So he came over and watched the game with me um, Saturday night and, you know, sitting there. And it's the same thing. We see a play where he could have took off and ran for like 10, 15 yards easily and whatever. And he didn't do it. And we're complaining. And then the very first time he runs the ball and he like kind of dives forward and takes a little bit of a hit and he goes, what is he doing? Why is he running the ball? He's going to get hurt. You know, it's like the second he runs, then we're going to complain that he's going to take hits or, you know, he's risking himself getting hurt. But then when he doesn't run, we complain that he doesn't run. 
You know what I mean? It's <laughs> well. The thing is, I don't want him running. I don't want him running. If it's there, he needs to run. And I'm talking about no contact. I'm talking about sliding, but get six yards. Yeah, Let but them know the, they you, have to respect. But, but you can't call those plays. Those can't be called plays because you can't guarantee you call a quarterback run or whatever it may be. Even if it's a read, there's no guarantee he's not going to take a hit. Well, I'm going to tell you this much right now. This is football, and if his, you know, it, I don't know what he's got hanging between his legs, but I'm assuming. Um, don't go. Just don't. Don't listen. I'm gonna stop you right there. Don't go there, please. <laughs> Just there's no way you're, the way you fi- any way you finish that is not going to be good. So let's just <laughs> just we'll don't. cut that part out. No, you can. You only <laughs> cut it out. Just just stop. <laughs> I'm just saying, dude. The game of football is a contact sport. You know I what I'm see saying? what I get. What you're saying, man. And no, there's... I'm not saying that I want my quarterback getting hurt and getting beat up. But I mean. Good God, man. It's worth a little bit of risk. Everybody runs. Everybody runs at some point in time. Yeah. I mean, I mean it, he, he could just as easily get injured getting rolled up on, but you know, with a, an offensive I was lineman say, coming back. What do you think like, is more likely? Do you think it's more likely? Well, you that think how did JT for six yards how did he, and yeah. hold on that he runs for six yards and slides and gets hurt or that he stays in the pocket too long because he's trying to force a throw and then gets sacked. You know what right. I mean? He's going to get hurt either way. So let's pick up some yardage while we're doing it. Yeah, I, I'm not completely <laughs> off board of what you're saying, but I, I it listen at the end of the day, I think we're seeing the same thing in the fact that there's times that there's nothing there. Instead, he just keeps waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And then he eventually tries to run off to the side, maybe gain a yard, maybe throw it away or maybe take a shot still when very easily within the first three or four seconds, nothing's there. Pockets collapsing. Step up, get your five, six yards slide. Step up, That's get your I'm 10 saying. yard slide. That's and the I'll stuff that. And that's the stuff that drives me crazy too, because I know it's there. You can see it's there. And those are the ones that boggle my mind why he won't do that. Especially, dude, think about Ohio State football and every quarterback that's been here after the 2002 national championship year. I mean, we have had that luxury. Even Craig Krenzel ran the ball. I mean, not well, but yeah, he ran it. He did, though. He made an attempt. Anyway, my point is for the last 20 plus years, we've had that ability. And CJ has the ability. He just didn't have the desire. And that's, it's just something I'm not used to seeing. You know what I mean? True. Yeah. I understand but, what you're saying. Well, um, let's, let's start wrapping this up. Uh, I want you to give me your prediction for this game. And then we will roll into our uh, prop bets and kind of give you some details on that. Okay. Um, I think that this game is not going to start fast. I think that we're going to play a tough first quarter, maybe have some three and outs. I, I really do believe that. Um, I think eventually we will take over. Um, I, I think Wisconsin's going to score a little bit of points. I mean, we still have a new defense. Um, like I said, that they are going to wear us down. I'm not going to say that they're all going to be scored in, in prime time uh, game time. They could be scored some in garbage time. Um, but I am seeing this game in the, I'm going to say, I'm going to go 52-28. That's my range. All right, I was writing your score down. Um, I'll be honest. Uh, that's pretty – you're giving our offense a lot of credit against what I think is going to be the best defense in the country, and I hope you're right. And, I mean, I definitely can see the potential for that. However, I do see this as more of a gritty battle in the first half. I mean, I'm thinking this thing – We there's a, there's even a small chance we could possibly you know be close tied – a little bit trail, something like that, going close to the half. Um, I don't think it's going to be a runaway until we kind of wear him down late third quarter. 
Um, and I'm seeing the offense, even though I know they're, they're going to play well, I have faith they're going to play well. I think the points are going to be a lot harder to come by. So I have this a little bit uh, lower on the points, and I have it at 41-20. Um, I think that we do cover the spread barely. It may be late, um, but I think it's going to be fairly close game, at least through the first half. And, I mean, that's pretty close on par, too. I mean, the spread's 18. I got them winning by 21. And I think the over-under is like 55 or 58 in that range, and I have about 61 points. So I feel pretty good about that. Now, I, I'd rather see a 52-28. I'd be okay giving up that extra eight to get over 50 on Wisconsin. But um, either way, I think we're roughly in the same range that we're seeing this as a three-score win. I'm just going to point something out here. You – give wisconsin less credit than the toledo rockets what do you mean i mean the toledo Rockets scored 21 dude you can't do that oh that i'm crap. doing it no yeah oh i'm doing it listen all right i'm not going down that rabbit hole i know what you're trying to do you're trying <laughs> to bait me and i'm not i'm not taking the bait listen, sure dude. sure whatever you say hey, dude, listen <laughs> get in the van i got candy you know Don't. what i mean like <laughs> <laughs> all right dude tell them tell them about what we got going on all right, prop so bets. again, for our prop bets, we do three every week. Uh, prop bets, for those who don't know, is something about the game within the game. Could be about the score, the players, stats, whatever it may be. Um, and, you know, just like a spread on a game. There's an over and under we'll take. Um, we usually might like to make it so that way there can't be a tie. So um, usually what we did last year was best out of three, and then each week we'd do something fun. Uh, but we're going to have a year-long thing going. So I'll keep stats here, and we're still not sure what the end-of-the-year thing will be. We're probably going to leave that up to our Facebook page. Uh, at some point, maybe here in a few weeks, we'll go ahead and create something uh, or at least you know start putting a feeler out there for some fun ideas that we might do. But anyways, we'll get right to it. Um, the first one I think we disagreed on, which is what we need in order to have a bet, is Wisconsin total points, and we set it at 21.5. I have no idea what Vegas set Wisconsin's points at, but that's kind of where I set it. I thought that was a pretty good round number, and judging by my you know prediction of the score, I have them at 20. I think they're going to be under 21.5. And and Chad, you're, the over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're taking the over. Uh, so there's our first one. The second one is Wisconsin offensive yards for the game, and I took a little bit of a risk here. I set it at 355. I know they've been, you know, uh, they're averaging about 478 a game. We're only averaging giving up 278 a game. Try to meet somewhere a little closer to the middle, but we set it at 355. And again, I'm going to take the under. Uh, I think the defense is going to play a pretty decent game. I think we're going to do better at bottling up the run, and I don't have as much confidence in Graham Mertz throwing the ball as I do with uh, probably most other teams. So I think under 355. And you, of course, took the over. Yeah, but I'd like to say that I took the over for the sake of argument because, honestly, the number you gave me for that was right about where I think we're going to be. Yeah, it's and right that's exactly about where I think we're going to be. I'm pr- I'm usually pretty pretty accurate when I when I come up with these or you come up with them. We're usually pretty close to being right. I mean, you know, a lot of times with some of our prop bets, we're waiting until the end of the fourth quarter before we figure out who's won it. Yeah. Um, last one, defensive sacks. Uh, we've done pretty well so far this year, and I set it at two and a half. So I felt the over, and I, again, I don't know if you just don't have as much confidence or you're just not feeling it, but you took the under. You think we will have two or less sacks. I think we'll have three or more. 
I do, and I and I think that because of what we talked about, the physicality and the size of Wisconsin's lines, um, I just don't think we're going to be – I mean, I think we're going to put pressure on them. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think we're going to be quite as active back there. But, I mean, I could be wrong. Yeah. I mean, I think either way, we're, we're both probably pretty close in the same ballpark with how we feel about this thing. Obviously, I know the anxiety is there uh, with it being you know a big-time matchup, first Big Ten game of the year. Uh, we're doing a blackout, which uh, I think last time we did that was against Michigan State uh, at home a few years back. Um, but it should be an exciting game. Should be a great uh, atmosphere. I know they're using it for another key moment for um, bringing in some recruits. I know Ryan Day. That's what he said. He loves about the night games. He says it's great for bringing recruits in. So um, I'll just be excited for the game, man. Anything you want to say before we sign off? Yeah, just real quick, I want to put it out there. I am looking for a non-Michigan Homer co-host. If anybody out there knows anyone, since Davis is now moving to Michigan and putting wingtips on the front of his car, I would like to have someone that likes Ohio State football as a co-host. Just just throwing it out there. And welcome back to reality, everyone else. So <laughs> um, glad you got that in there. I'll be sure to make sure I give you an opportunity to talk at the end of every episode because that was wonderful. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well guys uh, we're gonna wrap it up uh but we appreciate you listening in um again feel free to uh reach out to us on facebook twitter um uh you can catch us on all major streaming services itunes iHeartRadio, amazon music spotify and more and until next time go bucks oh h